Hello, welcome back, and thank you for tuning in once again to the Mitch and Driegs podcast, where we cover everything Toronto Raptors. I am your co-host, Mitch, along with my creator, Driegs. How you doing, bro? What's up, man? What's what's going on, my leech? <laughs> oh. oh, my God. So, I lost my picks for the week. I gotta call you my leech this entire episode. So, how am I actually doing? I'm not doing great, man. This is a uh, this is this hurts my ego. <laughs> it it kind of hurts, man. So, let's have some fun with it. Um, I'm gonna try to not say your name as many times as I can, and uh, let's 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 carry on the show. What's uh what's up for the week, buddy? Not much. Uh, today we're gonna start with uh, reminding the viewers of a very busy week for the Raptors as they played a five game, including a back to back Thursday Friday. We'll give you all the updates, analysis on those games in a few moments as the Raptors are riding an 11 game winning streak for third best record in the NBA, sitting second in the East. Yeah, we're going streaking, baby. I called. It. I said we're going streaking. I told you. I told the listeners. I told you. Even though I picked. The Raptors go four and one last week. I got baited into that, my liege. <laughs> I got baited. But yeah, what, say what you but, want. Uh, that's all right though. But you know what's happening for the second topic is the injury bug keeps on. It keeps on hitting the Raptors, man. It's insane. Like we're not gonna get healthy. I mean, Gasol, RHJ, Powell, they're down with injuries, out indefinitely. So I mean, we'll give you the update on the injuries and what it means for the bench and who needs to step the fuck up. Because I mean, someone's gonna have to step step up versus the Pacers this week, but. Uh, the next topic, uh, you can step up and take that, big dog. Yeah, which leads us great into our next topic, which we're going to continue with that weekly in-depth analysis of one of your Raptors players. This week, we decided to take a look at our first-time All-Star starter, Pascal Siakam, from yes, G, League to, uh, G League to All-Star Game. Uh, the steps he has taken this year and what it means for us in the playoffs. What else we got? Yeah, Greasy Pete. That's my boy, Greasy. Um, we have the, we'll be discussing the all-star team selection as another Raptor has joined the team via the coach's pick. I won't tell you who it is, but you probably already know who it is. Um, and what's up next, big dog? After that, we're going I mean, to... my leash. <laughs> that's right, my leash. That's right. Know your role. Know your role. After <laughs> that, we're going to the upcoming games this week the Raps will play. We'll spend a little bit more time this week as this upcoming schedule is a little bit tougher as you go... Pacers, Pacers, and then on a back-to-back night, we're going to Brooklyn's coming to Toronto, but the Victor Ilodipo has now entered the Pacers lineup. Big news for those games. Yeah, man. I mean, it's going to be a tough week. I mean, I, I don't think we'll have a tough uh, matchup with Brooklyn, but if Kyrie uh, continues to stay out. But, uh, yeah, I, we'll, we'll see what happens. And then taking a look at it here. So we'll move on to the first topic here. I'll let you run through it for the viewers, and we'll get my analysis. Uh, to take over at my leash. Sounds good. Thank you. So as always, we always like to run through the last week's slated games of the Raptors. This week, we went five for five, hence why Rod is now calling me my leash as part of the deal. Uh, Made it. <laughs> This week was against a slew of sub-500 teams. Started the week in San Antonio with a 110-106 win over the Spurs in San Antonio, who tried to make a late game of it. But let's be real, that game lacked a ton of intensity. Didn't even know if it was going to get tipped off. And that was due to the tragic death of Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and seven others who were announced just prior to tip-off. Very tragic. Our wishes are with those affected by the tragic news. Um, after that, the Raps followed the Spurs up, went with a relatively straightforward win over Atlanta. No repeat of the game in Atlanta. The Raptors took this one 130-114 for a big win at home. 
Raptors then shifted to the road for back-to-back nights against Tristan Kardashian's Cleveland Cavaliers <laughs> for another tight one, a 115-109 win. For those of you who are watching the game, you know how tight the fourth quarter was. The next night, they traveled to Detroit to face former coach Dwayne Casey's struggling Pistons. We'll get more on the Pistons roster later in the show for a 105-92 win. And finally, as everyone saw on Sunday, played the Bulls. Close game at the beginning. Ended up thrashing them, blowing them out of home court. 129-102 for the Raps. Driegs, what would you love, what would you hate, and what do you want to see more of? It's, uh, it's, you can't go wrong with a, with a perfect week. Um, going 5-0, and I mean, that's great. I mean, the San Antonio game, um, it was obviously tragic what happened to Kobe Bryant and, and, and his daughter and everyone in that, in, that, in that crash. And obviously thoughts and prayers are with everyone's family for that. So for for t- for both teams to get on that court and muster up the courage to play, um, I think it took a lot of heart, especially for a guy like uh, Demar Derozan, mm-hmm, who's, mm-hmm. who had a close relationship with Kobe Bryant. That must have been hard for him, right? So, and then a guy like Norman Powell, who's idolized uh, Kobe, that's why he wears the number twenty-four. And you know, Norman thought about changing his number at some point to to honor uh, Kobe. So. And obviously Kyle Lowry had a relationship with him as well. Players, you know, knew him, idolized him. Fred Van Fleet idolized him as well. Never had a chance to meet him, he said, though. But um, I love how we came out there and we got the W because that's what we wanted to do. And I love how hot Pascal started the game. He, mm-hmm. I, taking a look at it, he had 25 points in the first half there. He had a huge uh, first half and he was hot in the first quarter. He could not be stopped. Um so that's exciting to see. And then just previous to that as well, he did win his uh, player of the week. And I didn't even think he had a good week last week, Mitch. No, I think he averaged something like, I mean, 23 points is 23 points at the pro level. That's great. But it wasn't like it was, you know, he was kind of anonymous at times, I thought. Yeah, like I, I was shocked because when I, when I looked at it, I was like, I don't even remember him having a huge game. Like that, that stood out. I mean, the perfect record helps because we're on that winning streak. But taking a look at it, like it's like okay, um, you know, he's gonna have a better week next week. Is he gonna win it again? Like <laughs> maybe it's it all- just his level, man. Maybe his levels just become so normalized that we're like, he's- yeah, like I think, yeah, we we honestly we just uh, he just continues to grow. So I mean, I loved how he played. Uh, you know, Van Fleet. He was three for ten from three during the Spurs game. I mean, he had a tough week overall, but you know, steady Freddie's usually pretty steady, so we'll let him, you know, have like a tough week. You know, that's fine. Like he's gonna he he usually brings everything he has to the game, heart, hustle, uh, leads the almost leads the league in deflection. So uh, I'm pretty sure he's second in the league with that as well. So that's an impressive stat. I mean, overall, I was just impressed. I mean, we. We held down the Hawks as well because the Hawks could be wild cards. Uh, Serge had a great game. Can't go wrong with that. Um, I mean, yeah, like it, the Cavs game was a little closer than we <laughs> than we thought it should have been. Uh, that could easily have been a trap game. Serge, again, got hot. Uh, Kevin Love got hot. We, we maintained it. I mean, I think Van Fleet, again, he had two costly turnovers in that fourth quarter that almost coughed up the game so that was 
heartbreaking. Pistons, yeah, those. I saw that being an easy W, man. I mean, D Rose, look at his stat line: twenty-one zero and three. And you want him in the All Star game? Grow the fuck up. Jeez. Joke. Kenny and Chuck, man. Chuck has been spending way too much time at the Zanzibar thinking that D Rose is eligible to go to the the All Star game. Get out of here, man. Those Krispy Kremes are getting to his noggin, man. Okay, I've, well, you've been there for years, but <laughs> <laughs> no, it was solid. But it, it sucks that we lost Norman Powell in that game. I mean, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that later. But it just, we just can't catch a break. The Bulls game was was a joke. I mean, it's he, he kept it a game in the first half, but you know, Terrence Davis, he went off 12 to 15 shooting for a rookie. Come on, that's that's elite in my sense. But um, he's still skating out there on defense. So I mean, overall, I think we had a good. Good week. And what was your take? Um, pretty similar. I thought Van Vliet again struggled this week. I mean, in the in the Bulls game, he ended up going after it and going back and getting aggressive, which was fantastic. Terrence Davis going off clearly helped to space the floor a little bit and get some pressure off of him. Uh, but he was also finding a lot of people for open threes in that game. But uh, three three for ten in the Spurs game. I think three for thirteen in the Cavs game from three, or it might have been the Hawks game. Yeah. There's just something off this week, and maybe it was, you know, the tragedy at the beginning of the week because it did take some time for the NBA's, you know, a whole to regain that intensity. Everyone was, you know, having, and rightfully so, having uh, the memorials at the beginning of the game, uh, recognizing a legend of the game. Um, The one thing I will say about the week, Glad Terrence Davis ended on such a hot note. Like you said, 31-4-1 in that game against the Bulls. Because prior to that, he was only he was playing you know single digit minutes, almost against the Pistons, Cavs, and Spurs. I think a combined of 30 minutes total in those three games. As you said, his defense was really exposed in those games, especially in the zone defense, which it was interesting to see Nick Nurse stick with and then flip back and forth between zone and man. Something I'd like to get to later in the podcast. Um, but I do have a question. Who is <laughs> yeah. that? Ma- who is that mass crusader against the Bulls? Because that wasn't uh, Patrick McCaw. He, yeah, that guy took. It was Batman. It must have been Batman because, like, he the way he started off the game, he had that that fast break and he crossed that guy up and he went up to the hoop. I was like, that's Ooh. not McCaw. Who is this guy? And then he hits two big three pointers after N one Van Fleet crossed over a few dudes in that game it must i think it was three guys that van fleet crossed up and it was i was losing my my marbles but seeing mccaw hit those threes and being aggressive and jack said it the best um i believe it was in the during the pistons game you have to be aggressive now is your time now is your opportunity no sorry it was the bulls game because norman powell went down with injury and the, the bench is being relied on and a guy like mccaw is being relied on you have to be aggressive you have to be able to put a solid effort in every single game. And the first game that he was given the opportunity for that, um, this week, he did it. He hit some open threes. Um, our buddy Adam Corsair from Southwest Six would not agree. He says, don't buy the hype. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fair, man. He's got to keep doing this because he's going to have his, t- his opportunity to do it. So I don't know who was under that mask. I thought it could have been, uh, you know, it looked like uh, – like like Kobe out there for a little bit, little Spurs, um, but Whew. yeah, I don't know. He was he, he was he was looking good. He was looking good, my liege. He was looking real he was good. Looking he was looking good. Real good. Oh man, I don't. Yeah, I 
for me, I think he's just got to continue to step up and and we'll we'll touch on the the next subject here because I mean we'll, it, we'll flawlessly go into it. The the injuries. Um, RHJ, Rondé Hollis, Jefferson or Hustle Jefferson, Chapman, uh, whatever you want to call him. I mean Gasol, Gasolina, he's out indefinitely. Norman Powell's out for at least four to six weeks with that fractured hand. So our bench has to step up because we're lean, we're, we're missing one of our lean bench scorers in Norman Powell and one of our hustle guys in, in Hustle Jefferson and our elite passer in Marcus Soul. Who steps up off the bench, Mitch? I think we got a sneak preview of it uh, against the Bulls. I thought the bench played very well against the Bulls. Like we said, McCaw had, I think, 10 points. And then you had the great game from Terrence Davis. Um, but replacing Gasol, I think, is actually going to be the toughest the toughest task because, don't get me wrong, I love Terrence Davis offensively. I think he has major problems to fix defensively, but I think that's part of being a rookie in the NBA. I think he's too yeah. low. He can't move laterally. He goes missing when they play in the zone where def- where offensive players get in behind him while he's trying to defend. But I think Gasol, you know, last time he had his hamstring injury, I believe it was the same leg, and it was 12 games he was out. So Boucher does a really good job, brings that energy, and he had a fantastic week uh, when Gasol did, did go down. But he doesn't have the passing ability of Gasol. He doesn't have, you know, that dominance of Gasol. He can shoot, he can play D, he's aggressive, I love him, but I think personally Gasol is going to be the one that hurts the most because it's going to put so much pressure on Ibaka to pick up those minutes, and he has an aging frame. But other than that, I think Davis, hopefully, I know it was sub-500 teams, hopefully continues that great run that he's on. What about you? Who's stepping up for you? Yeah, like, I mean, I think you're you're, you're right in saying that we're going to miss Gasol uh, the most, especially versus above 500 teams like the Pacers, that's an important matchup. And this week, it's it's huge. Our bench huge. has has to come to play. I mean, you know, the Pacers have Oladipo back. They have Brogdon back. They have a healthy Sabonis, of course. Um, Aaron Holiday as well. They have a a really good team. Will I say great now? No, but the the one guy that has to step up and maintain. Um, you know, his work ethic and his ability to score and his ability to play defense has to be Terrence Davis. He is right now, and I've said it earlier in earlier shows, he's the guy that's trying to earn his playoff minutes right now. He is the guy, and he's not going to do that by just scoring. And you touched on it. He has to do it on the defensive end. And you know who you kind of reminds me of? Um, and obviously, to a certain extent, is a DeMar DeRozan. An absolute mm-hmm. flamethrower become can become a flamethrower and get hot and shoot. He's obviously a better three point shooter, of course, than Demar already. But the thing is, he can score. We know this. We need him to to start clamping on guys and start just not jumping at shots, staying on your feet, not making those silly rookie mistakes. I know you're a rookie, but we need we hold you to a higher standard as a Raptors fan and as as, as an organization. Do you probably say it the best as well? We hold you to a higher standard, and we need you to be elite on the defensive end, which is fair, right, Mitch? Or sorry, my liege. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's fair. Um, it was Nick Nurse brought it up in an interview, then Jack Armstrong actually during the telecast against Chicago brought it up again, 
Nick Nurse talked about how the likes of OG and Siakam never got easy minutes because they've been winners for the last seven years. And Terrence Davis is going through that now. You don't just get to walk on. And thankfully, the Toronto Raptors are, final, are finally winners, serial winners for a change. Um, but you don't get to walk onto a winning team and, you know, play all the minutes, not play defense, play the offense. This is why I believe he's having these hard adjustment periods where he's going from 25 minutes to 7 minutes to 11 minutes back to 25 minutes to 31 minutes is because this is what it means to be part of a winning team. You don't just get to play based on your offense. You have to show night in, night out that you are contributing on both ends of the floor. And like you said, if you want to play in the playoffs, Nick Nurse is very unapologetic about yanking guys off who blow defensive assignments. He knows how serious it is. He knows now what it takes to win, and he'll rip you off the court if you you know, start blowing assignments, especially against these teams where you know, they'll take advantage of you and they'll make you, they'll make you hurt for it. Yeah, he looks like a nice guy, but he'll call you out. Um, which Terrence Davis has already been called out. Um, and and it, it makes sense why his minutes are so up and down because he, he's not playing well defensively. Uh, but now he has no, Nick Nurse has no choice but to play him, right? Um, so this is his opportunity to step up. And another point that I want to bring up, uh, during the last 11 games, which is the winning streak that we're on right now, the, the scoring has been so balanced. And I know that has nothing to do with injuries, but it has to do with, the balance that we have on this team currently with a guy like Pascal Siakam, who's averaging 21 points a game. Norman Powell out with injury now is averaging 17. Fred, uh, steady Freddie is averaging 17.2. Kyle with 16.4. Serge with 16.3. And then you have Terrence Davis at 10.2. So it's been super steady. And, you know, we're, we're obviously missing Norman Powell. So somebody has to step up. And that's going to have to be Terrence Davis or a guy like OG Ananobi is going to have to. I know he doesn't play off the bench, but he's going to start getting more minutes to a point where he's going to start playing against these Bible 500 teams. And we're going to value him, value how he does during that competition, uh, that elite competition that the Pacers are going to bring. Right. So, I mean, injury wise, like it happens, man. And it's happened more often this year. We're unfortunate for the Raptors, um, but next man up, and they've been doing that. Like, look at the record, the 36-14, and 14, which has matched last year's record with Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green on the team. And they have a better defensive rating as well this year than last year. So that speaks volume to who this team is and who they can be when it, when it really matters, whether there's injuries or not, right? And just adding on to that, this past week was a perfect example of that, where three out of the five games, they had more than five players in double digits. And then against the Bulls, they had actually eight players in double digits, getting it done across the board, up and down the roster. Very Boston Celtics-esque, actually, if I do say so. Yeah, no, definitely. And I want to throw a little shout-out to my to my boy. I went, ah, my, ah, we call him the fashionista, the art master, Serge Ibaka, <laughs> who had a couple of here plays versus the Bulls, man. He had some big time blocks. Some guys, some dudes thought they were gonna jam on him. He said no dice. So it was kind of, it's kind of refreshing to see that. It's been a while since I've seen a surge game like that. You know, get that garbage out of here. Get those blocks out of here, man. It was that was exciting, man. I I actually got up when when that happened. So for me, mm-hmm. it's it's been a good week, um, of course. So I, that's it's super important that we're winning. I mean, winning is 
what matters at the end of the day. It doesn't matter how, how you win right now. It's just you got to win. Um, and a guy that's proven that he's a winner this year, and I'll let you take it over, my liege, is our guy Pascal Siakam. Um, yeah, for sure. So Pascal is our player analysis player this week. That was kind of confusing to say. Maybe I'll have to retype that up for next week. Um, not very <laughs> liege-like. Um, but, you know, NBA most improved player last year. He could realistically, I think it's fair to say, be up for it again without any contestation. He's been that good. He's taken that big of a step. Averaging about 34 minutes per game this year. 23.7 points, about eight rebounds, just over three assists per game. You know, he's adding way more facets to his game, I find, this year in the sense that his post moves have developed greatly. He's now a consistent outside shooter, especially over the last two years at 37%. He's developing in a fadeaway, which, you know, we didn't really see last year as much as we Kawhi are seeing like. it this year. Kawhi, Kawhi like, you know, Driggs, does Pascal's attitude and commitment over the the long haul sum up what the Raptors as a whole are this year, you know, losing Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard, dealing with tough injuries at crucial times, Pascal and Lowry to a certain extent have carried this team to be real contenders again. How surprised are you that this team is where they are and how much is Pascal a result of that or a reason for that? He's huge. Um, and you look at him right now and I mean, I think there's a lot of, Maybe not a lot of criticism, but there was a decent amount of criticism when the Raptors decided to pay him the max contract. Mm-hmm. And he's lived up to it so far. Um, and he's going to continue to do it because he's that guy. And Jack has said it and Matt has said it on uh, Matty D and Jacko on the on the broadcast. And even Leo has mentioned it as well. He has motor and you can't teach motor. It's either you have it or you don't. Either you want to hustle and you want to do well and you, you do everything that you can to get there or you just get by on just talent. And he has talent, but if he didn't have that motor, he wouldn't be where he is right now. So this year, even with the injury and whatnot, he has continued to, to um, improve his game. He's gotten to an elite level, um, especially when he's on the fast break. He's hard to stop. He's shooting a three ball at an insane clip at, at this point for a guy two three years ago he was shooting 20 percent from the three-point arc and now he's shooting it with more volume so for me and you touched on it his post game was always crispy it was always nice it was always you know get that spin move get him off your back foot put him put him in the spin cycle spin cycle sorry um but now he's actually backing people down with because he's got more muscle on him and he's able to to beat guys up. And if he gets any bigger, he's gonna be he's gonna be hard to stop, man. Like a guy like LeBron, because obviously he's not gonna get to LeBron size because he's a freak in nature. But <laughs> it, it of course, but um, he could emulate at this point a guy like Giannis, but with a way better skill set, in my opinion. Um, if he gets a little bit bigger and becomes a little bit more dominant, right? Because that's what he's working on, and he's even said it in the interviews. Um, after I believe it was the Pistons game, he said that he's been working on trying to get his post game and he knows what he needs to work on, but he has the motor to do it. So whether when you asked what kind of impact he's had on the Raptors and am I surprised that they're here? No, I'm not surprised because he's always had that motor and he wanted to bring this team to where it's at right now. And he had he's had a big um, uh, hand in their success at this point, even uh, sitting out those games with injuries. So. That's my take on him. I mean, 
Uh, I'd love to hear what you think um, and what could happen for us in the playoffs if he continues this. Yeah, I think you touched upon it quite well. This is a year where this team, we did our first podcast at the beginning of January. For those of you who don't know, the recording went awful, so we had to scrap it. But at that point in time, I think it was January 1st, we were actually discussing whether the Raptors should be buyers or sellers because they were in the 60s before they went on this gigantic uh, 12-3 and January to completely turn the standings around. This team could have taken full advantage, uh, sorry, advantage of that championship hangover. Um, they didn't. I think Pascal is a large part of that, and you know, to a certain extent, embolizes that that he, you know, continues to work, continues to motor, continues to perfect his craft, especially in the post, where when he first came in the league, he was very much a spin guy move. Whereas now, because he's developing that fadeaway, he's developing that mid-range jumper. People are now having to respect when he steps out of the backing down to go to try to block and then it's an easy spin move that he's been so good at to get back underneath and he's now developing that fadeaway. The one thing that I have been noticing a lot from Pascal in the last month or so, maybe getting ready for the playoffs, maybe not, maybe just something he's trying and Nick Nurse sees that it's working. I'd like to get your opinion on a lot more low post backing in in the half court. You know, Is that getting ready for playoffs? That seems a lot like what Kawhi <laughs> did last year. That's what he. That's what he has to do. Like, look at it last year, man. Kawhi got us tough buckets. You know, he went down in the paint, playing off one leg, and he would just dunk on dudes and use his pure power to get to to power up and try, try to get a tough bucket, with a foul or not. He, he was able to do that. So I think Nick Nurse actually realizes this and realizes that. And because he's been there, we won the championship last year. We did what we had to do. And guys like Van Fleet stepped up with big time shots, but without Kawhi and his tough buckets, we aren't where we are. Um, so he understands, and I think Siakam understands because he's a smart player and he has a high high Q. He realizes that he has to work on that right now, so he can solidify that and use that uh, tool in the playoffs, right? So Greasy P is going to be able to do that. Um, right now during the regular season and work on it. So to your point, yes, I think we're going to continue to see it and they're going to try to establish that because that's what it's going to come down to in the playoffs and making tough shots and even making fadeaways as well, because you have to be able to create space um, from guys because in the playoffs, I mean, there's a lot of hacking that they're not going to call and you have to be able to create space and, and a way, great way to create space is like with that signature, Kobe fadeaway. Um, he solidified it, and you know guys are doing it like Demar. So I think a guy like Pascal, seeing him do that and even get in the paint, it's just it's fun to see in my in, in my opinion because I mean that he's just trying to you know improve his game. He's trying to get to another elite level, which some people just can't do. And I had another question about Pascal for you. You being a very long time Raptors fan, ever since I met you, you've been a Raptors fan. Got me to enjoy the Out Raptors. Of the womb, baby. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I remember. The, I don't know if we should tell the story in the air, but I remember the time we were watching the Raptors, and even your mom looked at Valentunas and said, "Bitch," <laughs> and he flopped oh, yeah. it down yeah. in the post. Anyways, my question is: Mom's The Raptors savage. have seen so many stars come and go. Lowry, different story. DeRozan decided to stay, but I think we can agree now, especially if Pascal continues to develop, that Pascal is a different level than both of those players. What does it mean to have him around for 
at least four more years and him buying into the Toronto basketball market. I just think it's huge. Um, it speaks volumes to um, commitment. I mean, there's not too, too much commitment these days. Um, a lot of people just want to go and win rings. And Will Pascal has one. Um, and he's one of those guys, I, he, I feel like he's loyal to whoever's that to, to whoever's loyal to him, kind of like DeMar, right? So for basketball in Canada overall, it's, it's never been higher. It's never been at more of an elite level. And the value of it is it's massive. So for him to stay and for him to commit to another four years with us is it's humongous. It's, it's huge. It, it's something you can't you, – I can speak volumes about. Um, now, whether he's going to bring us another championship or not is, is – we'll see. But if he keeps going to where he's, he's going – he keeps putting the work in. I think it's massive, right? Um, now I want to I want to touch on something here, and I want to get your opinion on it. Um, and it wasn't a part of the topics, but we'll throw a little curveball in here because I don't mind throwing a curveball. Um, I can't throw one in real life because it's really tough. <laughs> I was like, wash that yeah. shoulder off. <laughs> uh, no, oh, ooh, ah, that hurts. Um, but taking a look at it, do you see a guy like? Steady Freddy, N1 Freddy, um, being a part of the Raptors long-term? Do you you actually see him being a part of our long-term plans? That's a good question. It's something I think about every time I watch him, just because we haven't really seen him on his own. Um, I asked you last week off-air whether he was a 1A point guard or a 1B point guard. 1B point guard clearly meaning that better than a backup clearly deserves to start, but not someone you necessarily build the team around. And that's where I fit Van Fleet in. I think if you could get him on obviously a good deal, you keep him. But if he starts asking for even Kyle Lowry money, I think I let him move. And maybe that's controversial. Maybe that's unpopular. But I just feel that he's too small and doesn't have the repertoire, the skills that Lowry necessarily has, especially on the defensive end and his ability to absolutely get smashed in the key every game to take those offensive charges. I think he's just a different player. Clearly a really good shooter. I think he needs pieces around him, though. Whereas Kyle Lowry, as we've talked about on this podcast before, is the heart and soul of that Raptors team. Carries him on his back. Think of the game in Golden State where they sealed the championship last year. I think he was the first 13 of 17 Raptor points. He has that ability, whereas I'm not sure Van Vliet can get to that level. And that's not to say he's a bad player. I think he's a great player, and I'd love to see him as a Raptors moving forward. But he's not not disposable. What about you? Uh, yeah, I'll quickly touch on it because you touched on it perfectly. He doesn't deserve louder money, no. And I think anyone who thinks that is, uh, again, I love to say is on drugs. Um, <laughs> but, quote, uh, it. <laughs> quote it. That's my lawn. That's my lawn, my leash. Um, <laughs> no, that's, who did I sound like? I, that guy from Red October. Yeah. It's like, what's that guy's name? The old dude. I don't know, man. Oh, man. Shouldn't you should, you're the stat man. You should have this on. <laughs> Didn't you know I was going to bring this up? No idea. I'm, I'm crazy. Uh, but, um, I'm going to look that up. Gene Hackman, I'm pretty sure it is. No, it's not Gene Hackman. Either way, um, he deserves a contract. Right now, he's getting paid $9 million a year, which is fair. Uh, he bet on himself, and that was um, that was above average in that market 
when he signed that contract. But this contract coming up, I can see us paying him um, 18 to $20 million max. Yeah, that's about right. That's about right. Yeah. So for, for me, he's justified getting paid that much. Mm-hmm. He's made some big shots. He was a crucial piece in the playoffs last year, especially when he was struggling um, to come out of that and make some big buckets um, in the Bucks series. Obviously, in, in the Warriors series, he was outstanding. Um, he's a warrior. He was he was able to take shots to the face, come back, lose a tooth, have a have a son, come back, um, make some threes. I, he was elite, dude. So for me, um, and it was Sean Connery. Uh, who I was talking about, I sound like Sean Connery, but uh, no, uh, for me, he deserves 18 to 20 million dollars, and I think he'll accept that. And then maybe if he continues to play and Lowry leaves and he gets that number one spot and he gets to prove that he can be that elite point guard, then he can talk about getting, uh, then we can talk about him getting Lowry money and 33 million dollars a year. Then you can talk about that. So that's my opinion. Um, but I mean, Kyle has obviously deserved his money. He's he's been outstanding. And he, what happened this week, Mitch? What happened or last week? The coaches ended up sobering up all those fan voters because Lowry got selected for his sixth All Star game, all with the Raptors. Congratulations to Kyle Lowry. Coach voted him in. Yeah, that's I'm I am I, I am amped. Um, he's a six time All Star. Uh, he brings everything that you would want him to bring. He takes charges. Not a lot of people want to take charges, especially, you know, a guy like LeBron's running down the lane. I'm the last thing I want to do is take a charge from that guy. I'd rather just be Ben Simmons and sit on the bench. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, for me, I, that's it's super exciting, man. And, and what else? Um, we this perfect week led us uh, led the Raptors. Um, coaching staff to be coaching Team Giannis in the All-Star game. Mm-hmm. They solidified the second seed. Miami got bounced out of the race. No surprise. Don't like them. Um, but, yeah, that's exciting, man. I mean, having that entire staff um, get there, not just Nick Nurse, but guys like Nate Pajorgan, uh, uh, I th- believe, Adrian Griffin, Brittany Donaldson, uh, a lot of people behind, um, or a Big Cat, Jamal McGlure, you know, all these guys that have put in their time. And Nick Nurse credits them um, when he says it's it's a team uh, that effort that, w- that we got there. There's a lot of background work that you're not seeing from these assistant coaches or from this organization that has got us here. Um, so I like – I like this, this is why I love Nick Nurse, man. He's, he won't hesitate to shout out someone he loves and someone – and he won't sh- – he's not – he won't hesitate to call you out. Um, so that's why I love him. That's why he's, I think he'll be a coach in the NBA for a long time. Um, so for you, how exciting was this? Did you did you see this coming at the start of the, start of the year, having two All-Stars in Siakam and Lowry and us coaching the All-Star game? Did you see that coming or no? This year I thought Lowry was potentially the only All-Star on the team going into the year. And then, again, Pascal took a big step. I think, we, I think most Raptor fans knew anyways – that this was going to be a big year for Pascal. I was hoping it'd also be a big year for OG, but as we talked about them turning from sellers into buyers, I think OG's offense and his development has taken somewhat of a backseat, so I'm not surprised he's fallen out of the picture. I was super excited for Kyle Lowry. I was shocked at the fan voting 
where I believe he got no respect. I mentioned on the first podcast that because we're in a Canadian market, and sorry, this is true for anyone who disagrees with it, but you look at the basketball analysis from US, from ESPN, from you know Sportsnet and sorry Sports Center in the US, the Raptors get no love. So I was really shocked and not shocked at the same time that Lowry kind of fell behind in the standings. I think he's deservingly there. I think he's been a floor general for this team. The multiple things that he does that are you know non-quantifiable that you can't put stats on for the Toronto Raptors is brilliant. His, like we said, his ability to take charges at crucial moments. It's not just his ability to take charges. I was texting you during the Bulls game, and I said, it's about that time where Kyle Lowry needs to take a charge and we'll turn this game around. And then, boom, he takes a charge yeah, and turns the game around. He's just a phenomenal player all around, and that's why I believe that he should have been in the All-Star game. I'm glad the coaches who got the pick, for those of you who don't know, the fan voting becomes a third and all that kind of stuff. And then the reserves are actually led to the coaches. The coaches around the league decided to pick him in, which I thought was the right thing to do. Um, but I think maybe the hesitation was his role has seemed to change somewhat this year. He's playing more off the ball, not quite the focal point in attack that he once was, as we talked about Siakam and also Van Vliet. They'll bring the ball up the court. They'll run the offense. Terrence Davis is, Terrence Davis is getting a lot more touches. What in his game this year has maybe caused – Sorry, what what is what has changed in his game this year that has maybe caused this different perception of Kyle Lowry around the league that maybe he's not the focal point that you know when you watch the games he really is. Sorry, sorry, Kyle. Yeah, Kyle. Yeah. Yeah, like for me, I'm, he's always done what he's gonna do. He's always gonna he's always been the floor general. He's gonna take it. Um, he's gonna do whatever he can to for you to win. I mean. If you look at it in in the All-Star votes, there's only been one time since we voted him in to the All-Star game as a starter, <clears throat> as a Raptors nation. And the other uh, years that he's been um, selected, it's been from the coaches. He has a, a humongous amount of respect from other, from other coaches in the conference. He does what he's supposed to do to win. I mean, Brett Brown touched on it. He's a manic um, competitor. That's what his words were. Uh, Brad uh, Stevens said he's a competitor as well. Um, Kenny Atkinson, Atkinson, wow, I can't even say it. Wow, woo, my liege, what am I doing? Uh, At Atkinson, whatever. I, I'm gonna give up now. We know who we're talking about, the Brooklyn head coach. Um, he said he's a competitor, so that does that's not gonna change. I mean, I think this year he has less pressure on him to do. Uh, just like last year, he had a little bit less pressure because you have a guy like Kawhi but you have a guy like Siakam that they're really trying to develop for the future, but he's still going to be there for the big-time buckets, for the big-time plays, and the little plays that guys will not make. Um, and I think he's, after this, he's already solidified himself as a Hall of Famer. Do you think he's a Hall of Famer? Maybe not first ballot. I think he is. You're an yes. NBA champion, six-time All-Star. You've won Olympic gold medals. You you went from not being selected to an all-star game for eight years to being selected six straight years. I mean, I I, I think he's a first ballot um, Hall of Famer. I think just his numbers have always never been. Maybe maybe I'm just looking at the statistics, and I've always been critical of just looking at the statistics. Uh, I think his numbers have never been. Yeah. You know, 
All star, sorry, a Hall of Fame numbers, and maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Maybe as a stack guy, I need to get a new job and I need to go back and look and really <laughs> really decipher through them. But maybe it is just his his late upcoming. You know, he he did come to the All Star scene late. He became a very good player, an All Star caliber player late. Maybe that's kind of affecting my uh, my vision there on how I look at it, Kyle Lowry as a player. But that's a that's a really good question. So you think he is? You think he's a Hall of Famer? I think he's a Hall of Famer. Um, I think we what we'll do is if whoever's listening to the show at this point, um, which will be all of you, of course, um, for our listeners, I'd I'd like them to comment on whether he is a Hall of Famer, whether it's on SoundCloud, um, on Apple Music or Apple Podcasts or whatnot. I, I we want to hear your opinion, right, Mitch? Or sorry, my lead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now yeah. that we have and now that we have a hundred followers, I have to Twitter. get Twitter. So that'll be. That'll be my first tweet. Is Kyle is Kyle Lowry a Hall of Famer? Yeah, hundred percent. And no one's gonna like it. <laughs> no, you won't have any no. followers. Yeah, yet. I don't know how to do that. I'll get uh, Megan to set that up. Yo, yo, it's too funny, man. Um, and yeah, so we solidify that. I, I think he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, you're not quite sold on it. I mean, we'll see what happens this year as well. That could just solidify it right there for you. Um, but I want to tune in because this is kind of. This wasn't one of our topics, but looking at Twitter buzz right now, because uh, you mentioned it, there is buzz around the Raptors trying to make a trade um, for possibly Drew Holiday. Whether that is true um, is to be seen. Uh, I've seen reports on Bleacher Report, and um, you sent me a, a report, I believe it was from NBA.com, Mitch, talking about what they would have to give up. Do you like Drew Holiday on the Raptors? I love Drew Holiday on the Raptors. I just don't love the cost of it. I think giving up, it's going to have to be OG, maybe someone else to help with the salary. It won't be this year's first-round pick because that first-round pick is worth nothing realistically. Raptors seem to be one of the best teams in the NBA at finding picks late in first round. Most teams don't value that. The Raptors are going to finish top 10 in the league. So that pick's not really worth anything um going forward it's gonna have to be future first round picks in addition to this one if it does get thrown in when the raptors become perhaps a more mediocre team and that pick becomes more incentivized i i think you i think you stay with what you have i think unless something absolutely comes up i think you stay with what you have because in addition to everything you're gonna have to get rid of to get him you're also gonna have to keep him through the summer of 2020, I think he becomes, sorry, 2022, he becomes a free agent. That means you miss on the Giannis sweepstakes to take Drew Holiday. You're basically telling Van Vliet, we don't, we we can't keep you because Lowry's getting paid $30 million a lot next year. (laughs) And that is going to be a difficult contract to move if you even want to move it. So I think with everything that kind of lines up his contract, what it will take to get him here. I just don't really see it's worth it to go all in this year when as we were kind of talking about off air i think the east although parity has been leveled this year i think you have so many teams that could possibly make a run i'm really fond of the celtics as you know i think they can make a run at milwaukee and really really hurt milwaukee especially with all their depth but no teams really have three or four all-star players that we saw last year in the in the east 
So I think if you stay with what you have and everyone gets healthy, hopefully everyone gets healthy, which is another thing to consider when making these trades, you do line up really well against the majority of the East. And potentially, you know, the Lakers, the Clippers, or maybe Houston might be coming out. The Jazz look like they're making a late run to start actually pushing up the standings. I think you do line up well against the league with what you have, and you don't have to break the bank to bring in someone who you have to mortgage your future against. What do you think? Um, I've always been a Drew Holiday fan. Um, it was it was a few years ago when the Raptors had Kyle Lowry, um, who was a free agent. It was he was on the market, and so was Drew Holiday. They're in the same free agent class. And I if they didn't sign back Kyle Lowry, I wanted Drew Holiday. So I I value Kyle Lowry over Drew Holiday, and and for 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 a certain reason. Um, Kyle Lowry is, is a is a winner. He's a proven winner. So is Drew, but Kyle Lowry's a champion. Um, but Drew Holiday brings something that the Raptors could possibly need in the playoffs is as an edge. You know, having that extra guy on the court, having that extra All Star on your squad. Um, and I know you'd have to get rid of a guy like OG Adenobi, and OG sitting at six seven six eight, and Drew Holiday sitting at six three six four. So you're giving up some size there. But Drew Holiday is a dog. He's able to get you get on you defensively. Um, he's able to take down back downs, just like Kyle Lowry is, but with force as well. So for me, I think Drew Holiday on the Raptors puts him um, in a better position and gives him an edge in, for this year. But now, is Masai willing to mortgage the future for this? I don't know. And we'll find out by the trade deadline. Um, it all depends. And it's a, it's a buzzer word for selling. It's a buzzer word for anything. Value. What do what do the Raptors value right now? Because I remember uh, Masai saying they're going to die trying to get back to the NBA Finals and win it. Is this a move that they're worth, that's worth them dying for? Is are they going to put all their eggs in the basket? I think this is the move that they can do. Um, and it's not like I don't believe in what the Raptors have right now. I'm just a little skeptical because we, last year we had a guy like Kawhi. And, and again, we've re- reiterated on the show, even this show, there was guys that stepped up and made some big baskets like Pascal, Fred. They played well in the playoffs. Kyle, of course. Um, but can a guy um, – like Terrence Davis, who's fighting for miss, how consistent is he going to be in the playoffs? How consistent is OG going to be in the playoffs? Because he hasn't really had a whole lot of playoff experience. So for me, for a guy like Drew, who's, who's been in the playoffs before, and who's a grinded-out defender, and he's an offensive threat, and he gets those tough buckets, I think it could be valuable, man. But I am also on the other side of the fence where I do want to see what this team can do, because it could be super exciting in the playoffs as well. So... For me, I don't know, I, and we talked about it off air. It all depends on the first round. That's when that's the tail of the tape. That's going to tell you what the Raptors are and who they are, whether the whatever competition they have. It'll tell you what they're they're trying to do and if they're ready for that next step as a team. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. And let me put two of the rumors out there to bed. And of course, now that I've mentioned them on air, they're probably going to be wrong, but they better not be wrong. New York Knicks. Are not getting Masai. I know, oh they just fired their, I know they just fired their basketball, their president of basketball operations. They're not getting Masai. He's not going oh. to New York. He's not working under Dolan. Are you kidding Wait. me? That guy's an idiot. 
The other thing that I saw yesterday that was just a complete and utter joke, Kuzma for OG and two, like, and two first-round picks? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? What is Kyle Kuzma going to bring to the Raptors that they don't already have besides a complete lack of defense? Vanessa Hudgens. That's the only thing he did. <laughs> Rumor is that, he's, that they're dating. Um, so there we I, go. I mean, there yeah. He brings Hollywood. That's, there you go. Yeah, there you go. See, that, that's the only thing. Oh, my God. Just let me touch on this James Dolan bullshit, man. Oh, my God, man. Are you are you serious? This is the fifth time this season they've already brought it up. The Knicks are like that desperate-ass dude who keeps texting his <laughs> – not even his ex, this girl that he met from Tinder one time. He didn't even meet, and he's just obsessed. And like, and, and let me reiterate and say – and we got to put this clip out there uh, – Masai was talking to George Trombolopoulos. I'm pretty sure I said that right. I can't say Atkinson right, though. Um, <laughs> he said, I hate the Knicks. And that what has changed that can make the Knicks likable? Nothing. Maybe R.J. Barrett, he has a bright future. But no, Masai is not going to go to the Knicks. Kyle Kuzma can stay in La La Land. And um, another thing, I forget what I was going to say, so let you just touch on it real quick, because um, I can't remember the last thing I was gonna say. <laughs> oh, was it was it was it the absolute joke that D Rose deserves to be in the All Star game oh, as a too. guard? Oh, are, are you ki- are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? D Rose playing for Detroit, team's garbage, averaging 19 points. Sure, he's gone on a run of 20 points per game in the last 10 games, but are you kidding me? D. Rose, you have Bradley Beal who didn't get in. He's averaging 28 points per game. You have Jalen Brown from the Celtics who's leading the Celtics and leading a resurgence there. And you want to talk about D. Rose? A guy who's normally on the second unit getting buckets against second unit guys? What are you talking about? I swear this – I feel like everyone in the NBA this last week has been taking crazy pills. Like this is a complete joke. I'd have Oladipo on his broken knee in there before I got D. Rose – and I know Chuck and Chuck from NBA TNT is just like, oh, well, you know, he reinvented his game. So fucking what? Congratulations. You're a fucking professional. Are you kidding me? He reinvented his game. Get the fuck off my face. Sorry, that had to get off. Oh, yes. And we didn't introduce it because I wanted it to happen naturally. That was Mitch's first rant of the Mitch and Dreeks podcast, and I absolutely loved it. Oh, my. I was just waiting for it because – He's been pretty. You've been pretty, uh, you know, concealed over there with your, with your, with your, with your, uh, with your topics and your, your choice of words. So I love that you just got fired up into it, man. And I couldn't agree more. Um, again, my line uh, for the show: Everyone's high when they talk about Derrick Rose, because um, there's no way he deserves a shot at being in the All Star game or anywhere. Um, I support. <laughs> I was going to say, I support D. Rose by wearing his shoes when I play basketball, and that's because they're on sale. That's about the extent <laughs> of my support for D. Rose. <laughs> oh, man. You know, he had some nice shoes back in the day. Back in the day. Um, but not anymore, uh, of course. So, Mitch, I think it's time for a new pair of shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, looking for those, I'm looking for those Dawn ones, but they're just, oh, I can't man. find them. We're just, we're just waiting for our Nike sponsorship so we can start doing video podcasts and show off our uh, Nike Mamba shoes, right? Yeah, exactly. And, it, and, the, and the thing that I want to touch on, um, and Adrian Wojnarowski, he did tweet on it. He said, and here's a tweet. Um, 
Masai Ujiri has long been Jim, Jim, Jim Dolan's dream candidate to run Knicks. But here's what's already complicating that pursuit. Ujiri's contract, which makes sense because he's on contract till next year. And the Knicks' reluctance to give up draft compensation to Toronto. So you really want this guy this bad and you're going to cheap out? That's like taking a Tinder date for out for water. And splitting the check. Yeah, and splitting the check, asking her to pay just because he put a lime in it or something. No. Oh, my God. I. I but this is why no one wants to work for Dolan. This is why no no one one will work for him. Oh, my God, man. I just, I I don't, I, you know what? We need to move on. Let's, let's, let's move on before I, again, I have my second aneurysm uh, from last week and to this week. Um, So the last segment that we're going to do is these, we're going to take a look at the slate of games uh, that the Raptors have this week, which include the Pacers this Wednesday. And I believe, is it uh, at home? Yeah, we, so for Wednesday, the 5th, we have Pacers at home. Then we go Friday the 7th away to Indiana. And then on back the 8th, back home for Brooklyn. <clears throat> All right. Um, you know, I'm going to take the predictions first because I got suckered last week, my leash. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to go first this week. I'm going to go and I'm going to be bold. And I'm going to say the Raptors continue the winning streak. They're going to go 3-0. Oh, 3-0, I think they're going to have a strong showing um, versus the Pacers on Wednesday's game. They're going to blow them out, I think. Um, I think Oladipo is still going to be you know, trying to get his foot in back, trying to get his athleticism back, his conditioning back. And I think like a guy like Brogdon is going to have a rough game. And the Raptors are going to bring it. They're going to bring that confidence that they've been uh, portraying into every game, especially during this 11-game winning streak. Um you know, I think the, the game on Friday is going to be a little more battle-tested. I think the Pacers are going to want to bring some that they haven't brought before. Um, or, or not before. The, what they didn't bring on Wednesday. But I still don't think it's going to be enough. I think the Raptors edge them by two or three points. And then Brooklyn's game, if, even if Kyrie plays or not, I don't think they still stand a chance. Uh, I'm not sold on that team. Uh, a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie is special. I think he's special. I think he's really good. But just not enough. Um, what's your take? I think the Brooklyn game should be a win, especially because even if Kyrie does come back, he has been diagnosed with a right knee sprain. I know it was week to week, but he was definitely out for one week. It's not exactly an easy injury to come back from. Yeah, yeah we know everything just... about knees. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> know too yeah. much about knees. Not a, not something you just jump back on the floor from um, and hit your, hit your shots. I got two and one just because I think going to Indiana – uh, with that day for the in, for the Indiana team and their coach to think about the loss that I think they're going to have on Wednesday night in Toronto, I think they'll be able to develop a really good game plan. Oladipo will have another game where he'll be able to kind of feel it out. I mean, he is shooting pretty poorly right now since he's been back, but and he's coming off the bench. Uh, but that's kind of expected after a long-term <laughs> injury like that. Oh, sure. I just, I just think going to Indiana and then having back-to-back, if you said at the beginning of the week you have Indiana and then Brooklyn on a back-to-back and you go one-for-one, one, I think you take it. And I think that will be Raptors' mentality, especially with the injuries. I think you're going to see a lot of leggy, leggy people in the Brooklyn game, so I think they might try to mix it up in the Indiana game, try to get some fresh legs, and that might be what catches them against a team that for the last little while has been you know, rolling pretty well. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, that's your picks, my liege. I mean, you could do what you want. You're going to be called <laughs> my liege uh, for the rest of this episode, which isn't that much longer, which thank God, because uh, I don't want to call you that anymore. But um, yeah, no, that's that's a good pick. I mean, um, I won't harp on it, but I want you to lose so you can do something embarrassing next week. I'm not sure what I'm going to get you to do yet because I'm pretty confident I'm, we're going to go 3-0. So, um, yeah, uh, man, it's been special. Um, I do. We're going to close out the show here. Um, and I do want to throw a shout-out to Andrew Martin, who did our logo, uh, a.k.a. Gravy. He did our logo for Mitch and Driggs. I think it's outstanding. And if you have any you know, reviews on the, on the logo and you want to give him a shout-out, We'll be on Facebook and stuff like that. You can give him a little shout out because I think it's outstanding. And then with the intro music and the outro music, we have Niles K. Uh, he gave me the clip a long time ago and he's an upcoming artist. So, I mean, he has some great beats, some great songs. So check him out on uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Music. He's out there. Um, I, I forgot to show it all, uh, throw out those shout outs for the other episodes. So I want to put it out there. Um, do you have any closer remarks, Mitch? No, I think I think it's good to shout those people also again from last week, South of the Six. Adam, thanks again for coming on, doing that, help boosting our <clears throat> boosting our presence. Um, and yeah, just you know, I think we gotta keep it keep it rolling. Yeah, I, I'm having fun. Um, I think there's something you wanted to say to one of our loyal listeners. Oh yeah, so we're not at the stage yet where this will be completely irrelevant to all our listeners, but for those listeners who do know. Kellen Ainsworth, I repeat, Kellen Ainsworth. That was our first call out this week, Driggs. I got a, got an Instagram chat saying, hey, why don't you two bitches talk about how I wiped the floor with you in one-on-one? So I figured I'd just let set the record straight. This man is someone who, in a game up to 11 on one-on-one, made me beat him 24-8 to because he thought he still had a chance at winning. <laughs> even though he was being decimated. And after our good co-host, Driggs, wiped the floor with him in one-on-one, drove his truck through a cement barrier in a parking lot <laughs> because he was too angry and wanted to get out of there. So there's for you, Kellen Ainsworth. I repeat, for those listeners who know Kellen Ainsworth and his competitive rage, that's right, he drove his truck into a cement barrier. Oh, but yet, he wants us to talk about him. So there you go. I think we lost the loyal listener. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, it's all love. It's all love. Uh, You know, we've all taken a few hours in our life, but that that one was special. I'll never forget about that one. Oh, that was was a special moment, man. And and on that note, we'll close out here. Can't get any better than that. I'm Dre. Thanks for listening. Um, And this is... This is Mitch. Mitch. Thanks for listening. It's been a pleasure, guys. Well, uh, We'll tune in to next week. Have a great week. Let's go Raptors.